Hello and welcome to the Stronghold Podcast. We are back. Finally, I just went on holiday. Jake has been diseased Dying. constantly for the last <laughs> two months. He had dengue and he had COVID within... Within the space of four weeks, I got two deadly infections. Which one was worse? Dengue by a million De- miles. Dengue was oh, worse. Gee, like, yeah, I've had dengue. It's brutal. Yeah. COVID, I just had a bit of a cold. It was annoying. Dengue, I was laying in bed wishing for death. What were your symptoms with the dengue? I was mad. You get, I got like a ridiculous fever. I was covered in a rash from head to toe. My entire body was like aching and sore all over. And then I got really sick. Yeah. And then you got COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, yeah, I got light. So I've just been absolutely out of it for the past seven weeks. Well, we're back now, baby. Back now. You're looking good. You're looking better. You're still clearing your throat a little bit, but you're looking pretty yeah. good. Apologies to anyone watching or listening if I cough all the way through this. And uh, I just got back from LA. You did? First time out of Singapore. How was in that? three years. It was pretty crazy. No, I was, I was telling everybody, you know, the thing about America is I, I live in Singapore now and I've been here for so long that I'm so used to like the Singapore and the Southeast Asian lifestyle. And when you go to America, there's just this old, there's always this sort of ambient level of chaos that's just ramped up higher than here Mm. right like within the first day of being there i'm just sitting at the crosswalk about to go get a starbucks or whatever and some guy's crossing the road in the middle of the street when the light is fucking green and then some car stops up and honks at him and the guy punches the fucking car right it was like first day that that would make like mothership here (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) and then after that it was the the next morning and same thing, I'm going out like 10 o'clock, there's a Starbucks right around the corner of the Airbnb that we were staying at. And so I'm going in there, maybe 9, maybe 9 a.m. or something like that, and there's this homeless dude sleeping on the middle of the sidewalk, and right at the same time, this woman is like, has her toddler, her two-year-old, one-year-old in a stroller, and is pushing him, and just pushes, goes around him, right, and just keeps on going, and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> this is uh, kind of weird, <laughs> right? But... America's fucking awesome, man. It's, it's really cool. It's fun. I haven't been back in so long. We went there to go visit the subconscious BJJ, the affiliate. It was cool. I saw some people get their black belts and some people get some stripes on their belts and we all just rolled a bunch and then had some food. And That's the move, man. Anytime you travel, now that we can actually travel again, when you go to a new country, stop at the Jiu-Jitsu gym first. Because yeah. then you can actually meet the locals. Like They want to take you out. They want to show you what's up, have some dinner, whatever. Right, And you straight away have a good, cool group of friends right when Please. you get somewhere. The jiu-jitsu people will know where all the sketchy stuff is in town. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. jiu-jitsu people know where all the <laughs> yeah. <bad> shit is. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, man, it was good. <clears throat> Hung out. Went, we went to the comedy store, which is really cool. Oh, you see? We saw uh, Polly Shore. He was funny. He killed it. Polly Shore he killed it. He is a, ve- oh, a very funny stand-up who made some terrible movies yeah. that wrecked his career. He was so funny. I, yeah. I didn't know. Right? I've never seen Polly Shore do stand-up, but his, his mom was the owner of the comedy store, so he's literally grown up there. And uh, he was really good, and we saw um, uh, Jesselneck. Uh, I can't remember his first name. Mm. He's been on the Joe Rogan podcast before. Yeah, I think um, I know. He was sharp. He was really sharp. His his act was definitely a bit weirder, but really cool. Like, it was cool being in that place. It was totally packed. You still had to wear... Uh, no, you didn't have to wear a mask pretty much anywhere. The only time you had to wear a mask was in an Uber. Yeah. And they just got rid of that like right after we left. Uh, anyway, so we came back, and then... Uh, I got while I was over there actually the one some one of the executives at one contacted me about judging and which was awesome right it was like 
a dream come true experience for me being cage side when live fights. I saw Liam Harrison <clears throat> and that time. Craziest team, round ever. The craziest round of all time. And we're going to get to that. If you haven't watched that fight, go watch Liam Harrison's fight. I mean, it was five knockdowns in like two and a half minutes or something like that. It was crazy. It was one of yeah. the crazy. Everybody in the crowd was loving it. And like hearing the shin slap off of <laughs> Liam Harrison's head because you're so close to the cage was crazy. So being like there and seeing it live, like working in like one of the biggest shows in the world was just like a dream come true for me. I loved it. And did you see the Mikey Musumichi Eminari match? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one. Dude, Eminari had him in an ankle lock in the first part of the match. So they started out looking like they were going to play leg and tennis, yeah. right? And then Eminari got him in his ankle lock and I could hear his ankle go <laughs> from the side of the cage. And then I was like, and Mikey didn't tap. And then all of a sudden, like once he got a little bit of separation, he's like, okay, I'm passing the guard. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I'm not playing this game. I mean, I could hear his foot <laughs> pop. And Imanari didn't even have like the knee line. He wasn't even passing yeah. the knee line. He just was bridging into it so hard. I was like, ooh, might be uh, limping a little bit today. And I got to be a judge for that fight, which was crazy. Right? I was an actual ju judge for Imanari versus <laughs> Mikey Musumichi. So uh, it was cool. It was really cool. And while I was in uh, LA, that's when they started communicating with me about possibly judging. And I had to send him a resume, which makes sense. Yeah. But I haven't had a resume. I've done a resume in like 10 years. <laughs> I've just been like, I was a teacher and then it, that was the last time I used a resume. And then it's just gym to yeah. gym to gym to opening up Stronghold. So I don't need a resume for that. No. Right? <laughs> right. And then I have to do it like in just a few days. And I was like, oh man, I felt like I was being so scrutinized. Because it is. They're looking at it and you're trying to make it yeah. nice and everything. And I was like, oh, I haven't been scrutinized in like a professional environment like this in quite a while. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I'll just literally stay in a job I'm in rather than write a new resume. Oh, oh it's brutal. Yeah. It's brutal. And I have an old resume, but this is like a, they wanted like a martial arts resume, right? Yeah. Which I haven't made that, right? Because everybody, like when I got hired at places, it was because I was training there and people knew me already and and stuff. So that was that was a little bit stressful. And then uh, for preparation, they had me watch a bunch of fights and then score them using the one scoring criteria because they use the, the global rule set, which is different they, than the They didn't give rules. you their... Um, Christian the Ock fight, did they? <laughs> no, they didn't. They didn't. But I talked to some of the guys. Uh, I talked to the other judges uh, yeah. at the fights on Friday. And then I asked them, and they all also thought Christian won. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, interesting. So uh, the officials were cool. Like, Mohamed Suleiman, the referee, yeah. he was the one showing me around and everything. He's really nice. awesome. He's just such a sweet dude. All of the... <laughs> The, the staff, the people that work there, everybody was vibing in the fights. Like you can even see the, the like the tech guys and everything that have the cameras and the mics and they're just sitting there like on the edge of their seat watching these fights too. They're all just really good fight fans. Yeah. And so the energy was sick. It was a smaller venue event though. I think there may be a few hundred people. It was invitation only. They didn't open it up to. Yeah, I'm gonna say you couldn't get tickets. Mm, yeah. yeah, you couldn't get tickets. It was a private event. Um, but still, there's a few hundred people in the audience, and I saw I got to meet DJ. Oh. Which was awesome. He cornered the guy who fought Keanu Suba, which was the first fight on the card. Yeah. And uh, I trained with Keanu as well. So I was like, <laughs> and I'm judging that fight. So, uh, but yeah, was, I was just sitting there. I have to do this thing where I'm in the second seat and the camera passes by when the uh, fighters walk to the cage. Yeah. So they make you stand up because they don't want to see like the side of my fucking head, right? Whenever DJ's walking by. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and I'm just I'm sitting there just kind of standing at attention or whatever so I'm, I don't look ridiculous in the shot and then all of a sudden I see Demetrius Johnson walk by and I was just like <laughs> I was literally just like what? <laughs> what? Oh my goodness that's amazing and then uh, yeah I was able to meet him later on and he got a picture though so stupid yeah that is foolish and then, mm -hmm. then I did something that really made me feel like a, a jerk so uh, uh, Leo Vieira is the head judge right mm. and then there are three cage side judges 
And Leo Vieira, if you don't know, is the founder of Checkmat, which is like one of the biggest gyms in the world. And I walked in and I see this Brazilian guy sitting there with all the judges and he, he and I'm, we exchanged names and I was like, Leo or what? And he just says Leo. And I was like, I know this yeah, guy. I, I recognize you from somewhere. I totally recognize him, but I can't quite put my finger on it because I've never met him in person. Like I've seen him in jujitsu competitions and I've seen, I've like seen him on BJJ heroes and yeah. stuff like that. But I've got, got a few of his DVDs, that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a legend. Yeah. He's a legend. Trained Buchecha is 180cc. Like he's a, he's a legend. And then, you know, the meeting goes by and I'm really trying to make sure that I, I learn everybody's names and everything. So we're just about to leave. And I, again, I was like, oh, sorry, man, can I get your name again? And he goes, <laughs> Leo. And then I, and I was like, uh, look, again, I just want to make sure I remember your name. And then uh, Mohammed Suleiman and is taking me into the cage. And then he's like, oh, yeah, that's Leo Vieira from Checkmate. And I was like, I knew it. I knew it. Oh, I feel like such a dick now. Um, but he was super nice. And we, when we were in the rules meeting, I was just like, yeah, another guy I want to wish I got a picture with. Yeah. <laughs> but you must have been, to a certain extent, because you first go into fight, you must have been, you know, starstruck for want of a better word at times. I mean, yeah. That close, like, if DJ walked past me now, I'd be going wild. Like, and oh, it was amazing. It was DJ <clears throat> and Liam Harrison and the. Did you see the the Swedish girl? I think she's a Swedish girl. That's seventeen, 17. years old. Won the Muay, Muay Thai World Championship. Beat oh, Jackie Putan, who beat, I, uh, Wonder Girl or Supergirl. One of them. I can't remember which one. But uh, yeah, it was seventeen years old. She has like thirty-five fights or something like that. Dude, baby face. Yeah. Right, baby face. When you see her walk by, I was I was like, what? Wow, 17 years old, almost 30, 30 plus fights, and then wins a, a world championship. Unbelievable. The pressure she was putting on was ridiculous. And then when they give her the mic at the end, uh, Chachi gave her 50K. And then so she starts to like, 17 years old, right? Chachi gives her 50K. You can see her like starting to shake. And then when she starts uh, speaking on the mic, she just sounds like so innocent, <coughs> so young, yeah. so like... Like, but she was absolutely. marching this girl down, Fairtex style, right? Just right in her face, constant pressure, constant, like fighting like a seasoned vet. And then you hear her talk and you're like, oh, and then yeah. that 17-year-old girl comes out. That other one was the warrior, right? <laughs> and then you're like, oh, yeah, this is a 17-year-old girl. It's amazing. In her head, she's like, 50K, that's a lot of like uh, BTS merchandise I second buy. <laughs> I don't think I earned 50K until I was like 25. 25 <laughs> and that's just a regular I've never, got, I've never got that in one go. <laughs> yeah, oh, me neither. Me neither. So that was that was amazing, and then Liam Harrison and and uh, can you pull up the Thai the Thai guy's name? I I don't want to get it wrong. He's a Lumpini champion, and I'm trying to get my uh, my knowledge up on the Thai fighters because they're so awesome, they're so amazing. But you know the names are tough. First of all, and second of all, there's so many of these just amazing world class Thai fighters that one's bringing in who outside of Thailand are, are not super known. And uh, this guy that Liam Harrison fought was a Lumpini champion. Like, that's the, as elite as it gets. And then the fact that he dropped him twice was absolutely amazing. You got a name there? I do, but I'm not going to try to attempt that. I'll, 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 I'll give it my best shot. Let's see. So if you haven't seen this fight. Oh, you can't say it's not very bad. Uh, we got Mung Thai. Mung Thai. Yeah, amazing fight. Former Lumpini champion. Liam Harrison looked like an absolute savage. Dropped twice. I saw the second knockdown, right? I'm watching it. You know, usually, like, if you go to the fights, you're a little bit far away, and it's better to watch the, the yeah, big screen. Yeah, screen, yeah. You're so close that, like, you, you can actually see everything, like, full, right, right next to the cage. And I saw Liam go back, like, timber, straight back after that second one. And I was like, oh, he's not getting back up. Uh, the, f the first one would have stopped most fights. The first knockdown where he gets him with a head kick was absolutely like 
he, he gets the hand in the way, like you were saying earlier, but it's still absolutely flush. I mean, the fact that it knocks you down whenever you still got a hand up just shows you the power of those yeah. kicks, right? I mean, and then the second knockdown, he goes straight back. And then if you watch the count, right, because it's a stand, it's eight count. Yeah, standing eight. Yeah, and so he literally is like on his knees by like six or seven, and then all of a sudden he just pops up right, right at the last second. I was like, oh, and so I'm like, oh, I'm afraid he's not going to recover. And then uh, what's his name? Mung, Mung Tai. We go one tie, yeah. So one tie started marching him down, right, trying to finish him, and then Liam caught him with that punch when he, he got a little too aggressive trying to finish yeah. him after that because one more knockdown and Liam Harrison was gonna yeah. Lose. But because you like I said you didn't hear the commentary, but the commentator was literally like, oh, one more knockdown and Harrison's done, and you thought that was the way it was gonna go. Mung Tai's like you say coming in too much pressure, too much pressure gets clipped, but he bounced straight back up. He didn't even want the standing eight. He was like, no, no, it's not a knockdown. But I was like, no, it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and, yeah, then. Uh, Harrison went, yeah. Harrison went attack mode because it's all he could do, and clipped him again. That's one of the best rounds I've, in yeah. Muay Thai history, I think. I mean, five knock. What was it, what was the finish time? Like two minutes? Was it five knockdowns in two minutes? I mean, that's literally a knockdown every like fifteen or twenty seconds. That's like video game level nonsense. <laughs> like it doesn't even make sense that it happened. Enough. Don't really interview. I mean, it must have been two and a half minutes or something like that. Like the full, it was the first round. Yeah, first round knockout. I'm trying to find it now. Is it for you on YouTube? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. If you listen to this, just go on YouTube now. Yeah, you got to go watch this fight. If you're a fan of Muay Thai kickboxing, then you got to go watch this fight. It, it was amazing. And even the main event, uh, Regan Ursall and the, this German guy who, who fought for the world championship, great fight. Great fight. Dude dropped him with a flying double knee, right? Regan Ursall got dropped with a flying double knee, split the guard. And he just kept marching him down and was able to, to finish. The whole event was bad. I mean, dude, Mikey Musumichi and Imanari was fun. Yeah. We had uh, Keanu Suba, who, I, who I've met and trained with, got a win, a dominant win. And I got to meet DJ, which was pretty sweet. And then the main events were amazing. 17-year-old winning a world title. The guy who fought uh, – can you pull up the card, Jake? The one, yeah, the one card, so I'm not firing this all up by memory. But the guy, I, I didn't find this out until later. I saw this guy fight. Uh, the guy who was in the third from the main event. He fought the South African guy in an MMA fight. His flyweights. He's the third from the main. But anyway, this guy had a match with Davison Figueredo in the UFC and lost by split decision. Right? Like he's Jared Brooks. That's his name. Jared Brooks. Yeah, got it here. Jared Brooks versus yeah. uh, Balkan. Yeah, booking. That's exactly right. Can you pull up Jared Brooks's record? Because if you don't know Jared Brooks, the work he's doing at one is just ridiculous. I mean, he is one of the top, top flyweights in the world, no question about it. And he's next. He's going to fight. Uh, he's he's going to fight for the title next. So I'm just get it up now. His record. Yeah. On the screen. And throw it up, of course. <clears throat> It's a nice nickname, the Monkey God. Yeah, the Monkey God. He kept screaming it whenever after he won. So go down to the to his UFC uh, career. Okay, UFC beat Robert Sanchez, lost to Jose Torres. Yeah, lost to figure fought Ian McCall, who was one of the best in the world. And that split decision, you can see it right there. Yeah. That split decision loss to Davison Figueredo. Yeah. I mean, split decision with Davison Figueredo? Come on. That's good. Davison Figueredo is an animal. He's <clears throat> an absolute animal. So, uh, yeah, he just beat, uh, what's his name, Bokong? 
and that's going to put him into the the next title fight. So keep an eye on this guy. This guy might be might be next the next champ. champ. Uh, is it uh, Adriano Moraes? I think it's a, that's who the next fight would be. But even seeing him fight DJ, Jared Brooks fighting Demetrius Johnson would be yeah, big fight. really good fight. Um, yeah, so the whole one event was awesome. It's free on YouTube. You guys should go watch it if you haven't seen it. Maybe you can get a glimpse of my bald head. You could. You could you were masked. So yeah. it's literally the top of your head. That was yeah. it. Yeah, black masks. The whole yeah. in black, total black. Yeah, it was a really cool thing. I mean, it was a, kind of a dream come true for me to be able to do something like that at an event like that. So, uh, one, do, do we have to uh, invite call, me back, call please? You? I want to do it again, please. <laughs> I would just do it for free. I watch all the shit anyway. So, if I'm doing it for free, if you're going to pay me to do it, I need to be cage side and be in the vibe. Please, please, let me keep doing it. Let me do this thing. Just let me bang, bro. Let me bang. <laughs> well, yeah, let, let me score. Let me bang those judging scorecards. <laughs> I'm past the point of stepping in the cage. What's the so. score? I could, I could see. I could. I could see you on it as well, like filling out the little thing on the card. So, what's it actually like then? Like, are you? It looked like you were taking notes in the yeah, fight. Yeah, they expect you to, to take notes. Yeah. So you can pull it up. Go to the one. Uh, go to the one scoring criterion. So it starts at the top and it goes like a pyramid, right? So at the top, of the scoring criteria is a near fall or a near KO or a near yeah. submission. So that has the highest amount of value. And then it goes through damage and then positional control, and then it goes down the lower hierarchy and then finally finishes on like aggression being the, the lowest one, right? But you have to do like shorthand notes of big moments yeah and, and so that way at least when you turn in your i think he was in stuff. the, the uh, mikey fight but he took his back so you're right and like well you just write takes back yeah no i literally would write takes back so yeah yeah, yeah you, i do i do yeah exactly because i'm trying to keep a mental because the it's not scored round by round so yeah i'm not yeah, putting yeah. somebody who won that particular round and so i've got a stopwatch there and i'm, I'm starting to stopwatch it each time that the round starts so that way i can keep an idea of it and then you're taking an overall picture of the fight right rather than like a round and uh, if you go to the scoring criteria on one once page i can't find it in the one way it be? it's on their website Judging or something like that. Athletes. Latest. Watch now. No. About, about those. Is it there? Yeah, it's probably, it's probably there. <clears throat> Martial arts, probably under that one. Yeah. Weight classes. Ah, rules and regulations. Yeah. Here, do it. you want me to throw it up? Sure. Oh, let me sick. Yeah, so you've got the global martial arts rule set. One championship uses global martial arts rule set for competition which blends and combines the best practices for Asian and non-Asian rules mm -hmm. about duration standard. Ways to win. A victory is attained by one of the following ways. Knockout, submission, verbal tap out, tap out technical knockout by referee stoppage, athlete's corner and requested stoppage or decision. So decision wins. In the event the bout goes the distance, it will go to the judge's decision. The three judges will score the bout in its entirety, not round by round. Judges will utilize the one judging criteria in descending order of importance to yeah, determine the winner of the bout. Judging criteria, near KO or submission, damage. Yeah, so near KO or submission is, is the top top of the hierarchy, so that, that counts more than, than anything else. And the next one, you start to go to damage, you can keep going. Yeah, damage, um, internal, accumulated or superficial. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the part that is really <clears throat> interesting too, because they break it into three criteria. So it's like superficial damage. So something like low kicks, right? It's like superficial damage is like a cut, yeah. something like that right but then you can go even internal damage so like if somebody keeps leg kicking you and leg kicking yeah, you, you, can't you can walk. see like uh in one of the fights was it keanu i don't know i can't remember exactly but in one of the fights 
one guy kept kicking the leg and was having really good success with the leg. And then I saw the, the him change the stance because he got kicked in the yeah. leg. And I, I made a note of that as an internal, as, as an example, as an internal damage. Because if I see you get kicked a few times and get <laughs> and a little tender, then you switch stands. That, that, that leg's hurting, right? So I'm like keeping that as part of that. And then uh, in another one of the fights, uh, one of the guys got a big swollen eye and cut, cuts on the eyes. And then you put that down for uh, superficial damage. Yeah. And then you start to go down to like ground control and com combinations being the next one. Ground control, takedowns, takedown defense, and then aggression at, at the bottom there. You keep going? Yeah. So um, let me bring it back up. So striking, like you said, combinations and cage general shit. Mm -hmm. Ground control, uh, superior positioning, earn takedowns or takedown defense. Takedown defense is an interesting one. Yeah. To be scoring it on. So yeah. if, if now you're a judge, you can ask these questions. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's a fight going on, let's say. Someone keeps shooting from the take, like not a lot's happening. They keep shooting the takedown. Takedown keeps getting stuff every time. I know this is unlikely to happen, but hypothetically, the person stuffing the takedown every time is then going to win on the judge's scorecard? Well, no, the, I mean, the takedown itself scores higher. <laughs> And you can also start to blend some categories. Like if I just keep trying to take you down, I can keep you pinned against the cage. You're starting to deal with like positioning and ring generalship yeah. and stuff like that. But 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 take down defense, for example, to a back take, right? Like let's yeah. say I, I sprawl out and then I spin behind you. Yeah. Right. That's take down defense, and then I ended up actually also getting a takedown. So it's like offensive takedown defense, right? Yeah. Like I'm taking, um, defending the takedown, and then when you shoot in, I'm punishing you. Yeah. I'm catching you with stuff. I'm separating again, or you take me down, and then I sprawl and I take your back, and I get stuff like that, right? Yeah. Active takedown defense, not just like defense for defense's sake. And then at the end, you get the uh, aggression. <clears throat> yeah, which is the lowest, which is the lowest uh, scoring criteria, which makes sense too, because. Aggression in and of itself shouldn't mean much, right? Like you can have aggressive defense. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. So that that was absolutely awesome, and I got to in the in the training process whenever they were sending me the fights to judge, I, I got to judge some like interesting fights as well, like some split decisions and, and things like that. So because mm. uh, they're trying to see like, okay, this is a close fight. What's your take on it? Yeah. So they kept sending me like split yeah. They're not giving you a one sided yeah, yeah, exactly. ten eight every round. Yeah, yeah, ten eight. Yeah. Ten eight. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but the whole process was super streamlined. The event was awesome. The, the staff and everybody there was really, really cool. The other two judges were in from in from uh, America. Mm. So I was the only one based out of Singapore there, actually. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else super eventful that happened. By the way, yes, please, we'll do again. Hook me up. One, let's go. Let's What's go. A, Great time. They've got another big event coming up soon, don't they? Yeah, that, that'll be the interesting thing. I wonder <clears> if they're going <throat> to... If they're going to bring me back, I hope they do. Let's see when the next one is. There you go. you got to learn these names, not me. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I'll throw this one up for you. Is this the next one? Yeah, I think so. Oh, wait, wrong button. Okay, what do we got here? <clears throat> Which is the... Uh, Pe Pecha Morocco. Pet Morocco versus yeah. Bigno. Yeah. Bigno. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing bad with both of those. Okay, so we got Pet Morcott, who's one of the absolute best Muay Thai fighters in the world against... Uh, where's that guy from? Is he French? France. Uh, yeah, okay. So French, also great kickboxing, great Muay Thai. Who else you got there? Can you read him out for me? Uh, yeah, you got uh, Chai from Thailand, uh, Joseph Lassiri. Oh, nice. So that'll be a good one. If you want to watch one of the greatest fights I've ever seen, watch that Lassiri Haggerty fight. Yeah. He hits him with a jumping downward elbow that sends the Siri just flying to the map. But that guy's really, really fun to watch. This is a banger for is it more, Muay Thai. Muay Thai kickboxing, right? Yeah, Muay Thai kickboxing. Jonathan Haggerty, Walter Goncalves. Oh, yeah. Muay Thai. That's a good fight. He gave Rotang a pretty good fight. Goncalves is, is really good. That's a damn good fight. 
Oh, Tonin's. Tyler Tonin. Who's he fighting? Like ah, uh, but it's um submission. Oh, it's it's BJJ. Yeah, Ty Rutolo. Oh, Ty Rutolo. Yeah. Oh, that's a good that's one. A good... Oh, God, I got some. That's a juicy one in a submission only match in a BJJ match. I mean, the Rutolos are like world class. That should be a banger. Aoki's on there too. Who's he? Kaid. Oh, okay. Kaid. Yeah, yeah, that's Rutolo's right. Fine. Yes. Yeah, this Dude, is that's awesome. awesome. That is a great, great fight. I mean, I'm just saying if you can get me comp tickets. Yeah. <laughs> Super Lack and Naito, that's a great fight. Wow. That's a banger, man. Yeah. It's a good card. When oh, is it? When the girl? Oh, it's like uh, 26 days away. So what's that? Okay. Three weeks away. Yeah. But yeah, that's a hell of a card. For, for kickboxing and grappling, that's an exciting card. I was getting ready to say, there's not a whole bunch of MMA. I don't know if they'll, they'll bring me in, but they, they let me do the grappling, so. <laughs> Might be a knock. Is it here? I can say where it is. I guess it's here. Oh man, if I could, if I could judge the Aoki oh, be... and the Rotulos and Gary Tonin, that would be. And I'm drooling right now. It'll be a full arena as well. Oh really? Yeah, but because from Tuesday, no rules, so yeah. it'd be. Yes, I cannot wait. The world is getting awesome again. It's gonna be great, man. It's so it's so refreshing. I went from, in like the standard <clears throat> Singapore COVID situation, to within three weeks being able to like fly to the fly to LA. Travel again, come back, judge at a one event, and then I got people fighting in a, in uh, Lion City in a month, and then we have people that are going to Johor to compete, and I already got people talking about going to Thailand to compete, and I'm just like, oh, the world's getting juicy again. Things are getting interesting. Things are happening. Exciting. Yes, we're finally getting out of the fog. Speaking of the last three years. <clears throat> Did you see the UFC books for eight-man Asian tournament as well? Road to UFC? No, no, no. Can you pull it up? Yeah. A friend, uh, shout out to Corey. He was listening to me this. So yeah, um, uh, a bit of a throwback format. The UFC is set to host eight-man tournaments across four divisions with the winner taking home contracts and officially joining the roster. Oh. Um, as officially announced by the promotion, the series is dubbed Road to UFC. And will feature Asian MMA prospects from flyweight, bantamweight, featherweight, and lightweight. Opening round will kick off on June 9th and 10th at the Singapore Indoor Stadium, just a couple of days Ooh. before UFC 275 is hosted in the same venue. Uh, Ten fights per day, which will also include two non-tournament bouts each. Semi-finals later in the year. No specific fighters in the tournament have revealed just yet, but uh, people come from across Asia, and uh, obviously. We probably all have our fingers crossed. One of those fighters might be Kai Shong. Not Whoa, <laughs> that is really fun. <clears throat> yeah, Actually, Kai Shong's fighting this weekend. He's going to Korea. Oh, is he? He's fighting like the top flyweight in Korea. Sweet. Yeah. Kai Shong, listen to me. Win that fight. Come back. Win on this tournament. I'm going to bet big on you. <laughs> yeah, man. man. I just met Major last night. We went, we went out to have some, some beers. First of all, because I hadn't drank the whole week, I went from drinking like almost every day while we're on holiday. Yes, yes you do. To then coming back here, and, and I was like, first of all, I need some time off. So I was like, I'm not going to drink throughout the week. But then yesterday, I was really jonesing for a drink because like my my uh, tolerance is so high right now because I was just drinking every day. And then uh, did the fight on Friday, didn't have a drink, met, uh, sent Major a message, and I was like, hey, man, let's meet up. Had a few beers, no big deal. Went to this Korean place, had a few beers. Major was like, or he said, or I said, I don't know. I was like, let's get a bottle of soju too. Thinking nothing of it, cool. Get a bottle of soju. That bottle of soju lasted about ten minutes, and I don't remember anything after that. <laughs> I don't remember anything. I don't remember how I got home. Major sent me a message. It's so hilarious. He sent me a message and said, 
He goes, uh, it was a disaster after that bottle of soju. He said that his wife found him like asleep eating a hamburger <laughs> sitting in his kitchen. So he literally just like Let's went out, <laughs> had a hamburger and fell asleep like on the food. It's fine. We, I was like, oh, a sign of an epic <clears> night <throat> when you don't remember how to get home. We've all been there. Food. <laughs> anyway, and uh, the point was, while well, I, was, I, was, I was chatting with Major last night, he kept telling me about uh, Kaishan. He's like, dude, Kai Shong's at another level right now. Yeah. And he kept telling me everything. And uh, the guy that he's fighting is apparently the top top Korean prospect. And it's, uh, it's uh, oh, what's the name of the promotion? Brave. Yeah. Brave. And they have pretty good production. Like, it's a, it'd be the best chance for him to actually get some, get his name out. And, Just uh, in time but for it's the a tournament. Tough, it's a tough fight, though. According to Major, it's, it's going to be a really tough fight. So, uh, Kai Shong, we're cheering for you, buddy. We'll definitely break down your fight. Next week, unless you don't want us to because it's horrible. <laughs> yeah, just tell us. But I got faith in you, bro. Let's go. Let's go, Kashan. Come on. Oh, I'm trying to find and see if we can get the fire card up. Maybe we should get him on the podcast after. <clears throat> um, anyway, yeah, so he's, he's competing next week. And then what else do we got, man? What else do we got? Oh, Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury. We got two Tyson incidents over the last, over the last week. We got Mike Tyson punching some both, jackass on a plane, yeah, and then both of them one-sided beatings. <laughs> I think mean, it's uh, fair to say. Man, Tyson Fury just doesn't make sense. I just don't like. How does he move like that? How does he move like that? You just see his fat jiggle, and he's like dancing around on the outside. Yeah. He's got footwork like Ali, but he looks like a, but, your, your drunk <clears throat> uncle, right? Yeah. Like, but as, as well, he can do it all. Because did you watch the fight? Yeah, yeah. Like they were brawling at parts in that, like yeah. tied up, rabbit punching one another. A few cheeky elbows here and there and stuff like that. Like, yeah. he can do that as well. Oh, he's one of the best at that. Yeah. That's one of his things. He's really good at, like, skirting the line in the clinch of, like, pulling the head and pummeling and hand trapping in tight. His inside boxing, I mean, that, that was really what made the difference between him and Wilder. Yeah. It's like, when they're in tight, which is crazy because he's so big, the fact that he's that large and he's got that kind of frame but can infight like that that well, I mean, in that uppercut he caught him with. Oh, Damn. Just, flush. Yeah, flush. Had him coming in. Yeah. Boom. And then <laughs> Dillian White, when he tried to stand up, and the referee's like checking on or whatever, and then he just started to... <laughs> you see the push Fury gave him too? Because he hit him with the uppercut and then right out, and then pushed off of him, and that's kind of what sent him flying backwards. Yeah. You know who else did that was uh, Andy Ruiz. It's a really interesting boxing tactic, right? Because sometimes knockdowns are scored so highly, Yeah. but you can get stunned by a punch and not get knocked down. But if I stun you and then I chop you, yeah. and this is what Andy Ruiz did to Anthony Joshua, he like hit him with a, I think it was like a left hook or a right hand, and then chopped down on his head when he was like hurled over and then just sent him to the canvas, right? And then Fury did the same thing. Stunned him, and in that split second where he's trying to recover, he pushed him, the balance is gone, and he just went straight down. Really interesting like boxing tactic for making sure that you get that knockdown scored. Um, but he looked, Tyson Fury, just the best of this generation. Yeah. Beat Klitschko, beat Wilder twice. Uh, Anthony Joshua lost. Andy Ruiz lost. You have uh, Usyk. You have Usyk there. Usyk Fury would be the last one, and then Tyson Fury would be the unified yeah first unified heavyweight champion since Lennox Lewis in twenty years. Yeah, first unified and but. Usyk is fucking dealing with some shit yeah. right now. Usyk's a little busy shooting Russians, so it might be difficult. Although I think he's, I think he's now come out and he's in camp for um, AJ. Yeah. So they're gonna fight, and then Fury to Fury announced his retirement and said he was done with boxing. But already his uh, missus is saying, 
Well, no, he'll, he'll come back to unify the belts. And so then, you're like, oh, all right. And then so. he's called in Francis Ngannou. <coughs> yeah, but that was strange Tyson to say Bruce the least. Strange. Yeah. Yeah, he's just strange. But they're trying to build hype, in, but it's just weird. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they tease that. If they're going to do that, they should do it in MMA gloves. Well, that's that, what they're that saying. That should be the one thing. It doesn't even be for a title. It doesn't need to be for the WB. It doesn't have to be. A, it can be a boxing yeah. fight. Exhibition style. Just to make it more interesting. Yeah. Right? You remember when Floyd fought Connor and then just the glove changing sizes was like this whole this whole thing. Like Connor wanted smaller gloves. And the yeah. player was like, okay, fine. We'll use the smaller gloves. And then that became a narrative and a hype thing to catch. Oh, if they did Tyson Fury fought Francis Ngannou with MMA gloves. Yeah. That would be so much more interesting than a boxing fight because he's not going to outbox Tyson Fury. There's no way. No. Like, it's just not happening. But on top of that as well, as we saw with the um, DJ fight when he fought Rotang, like, there's no point in putting MMA fighters and allowing grappling against, like, yeah. against people who can't grapple and can't strike. And now, yeah. you know, now we know Francis can wrestle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then that'd be a pointless fight as well. Just Francis Ngannou picking up Tyson, Tyson Fury like he did, oh. like he did Cyril Gone and just like lifting him up <laughs> over a seven foot tall, 300 pound Tyson Fury and just slamming him on his head. That would be epic. Um, but it was interesting because even, uh, remember for that bit when he was dealing with Darren Till, he was training, he had MMA gloves on and, yeah, he's no. He's like trying to get the MMA crowd. So interesting wrinkle there. It doesn't need to be for the fucking. No. It just would be fun. Yeah. In and of itself. Oh, just do like five rounds, boxing ring, boxing rules, but MMA gloves. I'll watch that. The thing with Tyson Fury is you don't. I almost don't want him to like retire and then come back. Because I feel like he's probably going to let himself go a little bit when he retires. <laughs> it's Tyson Fury we're talking about here. Yeah. You know, I certainly hope he doesn't go into the depression and, and everything. But when you're not an athlete anymore, you're probably just going to start living like a more normal person. But he's such a giant yeah. that he's definitely just – if you're not in the gym burning thousands of calories a day, every day, constantly. No, he's going to – A guy like his brain. Uh, you just – And then if he has to come down again, like maybe in two or three years, and then they do some like unification about Usyk or maybe some other new heavyweight is coming up and they start – and he comes back. It's like he's undefeated. Yeah. He's one of the best of ever. Like he's the best of this generation. And no one's beat him. No, the the only way if he comes back and loses like his, it could really hurt his legacy. Yeah. He's got one of the cleanest le- legacies in heavyweight boxing history. Yeah, you don't want him to ruin that. The only way I can say, the only way I want him back is if he fights whoever wins the AJ Usyk fight. And obviously, you want that to be AJ because then you want that to be AJ. Oh, don't lie and say you, want you that don't to want AJ. it to be AJ. You're so we get great, the fight. No, a, I don't know. Not for that. Yeah, not for that. But like. Then Fury, because I think Fury beats AJ. Yeah, me too. Every time. Mm. So then Fury can, you know, he's beaten all the greats of his generation, yeah. and he then goes into the conversation. Maybe he's already in the conversation, but if if he beats AJ, he seals the conversation. He's or Usyk. In, if yeah, Usyk, or Usyk beats yeah. AJ. First of all, Usyk beat AJ yeah. pretty clean, and by the end, it looked like they might stop the fight. Yeah, Usyk just had his number. But also, it would be kind of amazing to see like a 210, 220-pound heavyweight fight Tyson Fury. But he's so slick. I mean, I didn't think it was going to be AJ because of the size. Yeah. Usyk was a cruiserweight. Yep. The first cruiserweight ever to, I believe, since Holyfield to unify all of the cruiserweight belts. Mm. And then goes up and beats AJ. And it didn't look like AJ had a lot of answers for Usyk. It was, it was competitive, but not really. Yeah. But AJ's boxing's... When he when he's not in the mood, he's boxing so poor at times. Yeah, and he's six of Southpaw. Yeah, 
And that also causes a lot of problems, right? Yep. To be that slick, be a southpaw. I don't think uh, AJ's fought a lot of southpaws. So that, I think that also pres- uh, posed a problem. Yeah. But you kind of want to cheer for Usyk, right? You, Ukraine needs a win. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I, don't, I just want AJ to win. So you do have that. You know, so you want the, but it, the Britain versus Britain, the greatest heavyweight. Yeah. Yeah, that should have happened already. <laughs> yeah. They fucked that up. Completely. It's part of my language, but they fucked that up. They had the opportunity to have two undefeated heavyweight champions fight each other. It would have been the greatest fight in British boxing history. And the promoters ruined it. They yeah. ruined can't it. Can't be bothered. <laughs> they <laughs> ruined can't it. Work. I mean, we got the Wilder trilogy, which turned out to be one of the best trilogies yeah. ever in heavyweight boxing. But you could have slid the AJ one in there somewhere. Yeah. And then AJ takes fight supposedly doesn't train properly for it because he thinks he's fighting a smaller guy and loses and then yeah. it's just all to shit yeah but yeah it, what and was, Andy Ruiz oh yeah and, and, and that was, Andy Ruiz he was the one who really was the wet blanket <laughs> and then Andy Ruiz spent all that time himself money on into food. the super heavyweight division all those tacos listen I, oh. I was in LA the taco truck game next level I had the best taco I've ever had in my life Ooh. it blew my mind first of all the corn tortilla game changer Not you don't want the wheat one you want the corn one and then I'm not really a food guy. Like I'm not a super foodie. Like I'm more like food is fuel type. Yeah. I still like tasting stuff or whatever. But like Charmaine is an uber food. Like a lot of people in Singapore really care about the taste of food. To me, I'm just like eh, everything tastes pretty good. I'm, I'm not too. Yeah, I'm fine with it. But I just and I'm like talking casually. I take a bite of this thing and I stopped and I was like, oh, oh, this one, this taco, next level. That's actually one of the weakest games in Singapore is the Mexican food. It's one of the only things See, you can find quality here yeah. for good price. Having never had proper Mexican food, I know no better. You've never had good Mexican food? No, I think no, I think I have, uh, but then I everyone never, assures me I haven't because I've never eaten like in a that's I, I, in that's a, such med- a hipster thing. To yeah, do. I've like, never. You haven't had the real <clears throat> Mexican. Yeah, <laughs> Sam. Sam Petty John told me no, you, you've never had real Mexican food, Jake. Shut up. One time I was Wait, like, have you been oh, to America? No, no, you've never been. No, you gotta go. Yeah, but I, and I've never eaten Mexican food outside of Asia because when I left England, it wasn't a thing that existed. I mean, it's pretty obvious to say that the Asian Mexican food is not the best Mexican food. <laughs> like, you know. But anyway, how do we get on this point? Oh, uh, Anthony, Andrew Ruiz <laughs> eating himself to death. Yeah. That's how we got here. Um, so what else was there? There was also, listen, the world is getting awesome again. This is the theme of the podcast. It's We've, so relieving to just see stuff get awesome that ufc thing that you just read out awesome the ufc's come to singapore it's uh uh Yuri pohaska by the way if you're in america or you're listening to this you're in singapore do you know that that fight card is at 6 a.m 6 a.m singapore a. M. time yes whoa yes that's gonna be difficult to get drunk for <laughs> yeah i know i'm like do i start drinking at 5 i'm gonna time this apparently one of the guys that, at the gym is like he's just gonna stay up the whole night drinking and I was like, I don't. And first that, I thought that it, does not work. First I thought it was crazy, and then I'm like, is it genius? And then no, I'm like, no, nah, it's probably crazy. <laughs> no, because being a Brit, we used to get. But can you drink it that early? Like, I don't know <clears> if I can <throat> like stomach it. Yeah, you just gotta go like the right well, sort of thing. You've done this before. You're like, yeah, of course. You can't be like, right, I'm gonna pound the beers. You gotta have like a you know Irish coffee or something like that just to get the system oh, turning I'll over. See you, hey. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know what's up. Yeah, that's a, that's a solid move. I grew up in the UK, so all like the big heavyweight boxing fights, like Lewis Tyson and all stuff like that, were all on like early hours in the morning, oh, at really? crappy times. Oh, yeah, so I've thought about I've that. I've done it. I've done it. 
Can you pull up the UFC single report card real quick? Yeah, we're on this subject? I think we've done it already, but... Uh, no, we've not. But it's Yuri Prohaska and Glover Teixeira. I mean, that is a fight. Listen, if Glover Teixeira beats Yuri Prohaska, he should just retire. That would be legendary. But I feel like Yuri's going to get him. But I keep I keep betting against Glover. I don't know why. I yeah. just I feel I can't help it. Like that's just where my instinct goes. But what, one of the best stories of all time, Glover Teixeira winning the light heavyweight title. So Good. I'm trying to find it. UFC Singapore Prohaska uh, oh. versus Teixeira. Good luck spelling that. <clears throat> card and news MMA fighting. Here we go. Yeah, uh, this card is a banger. But six a.m. I'm still gonna go. But it's six a.m. <laughs> You'll see if you need a judge. Hmm? I'm an MMA fighter. I'm a black belt. I do this full time. Can I be a ref at, or a judge at one in UFC? Yeah, can't say why not. No, because often the refs cross that, promotions, don't they? Is that a conflict? Oh, it's not. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. It's probably not a conflict. Oh, Teixeira, Bahashka. Yeah, can you read this card out? Yeah. Sorry, I can't actually find a nice looking picture of it. I'm on Wikipedia, so I won't put it up. But um, you got um, Teixeira, Bahashka, Shevchenkov. Uh, Tyler Santos. Oh yeah, Shevchenko, right? She's yeah. Valentina's fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, seeing her fight live would be amazing. Brendan Allen, Jacob. Uh, Brendan Allen. Uh, yeah. Jacob Malcone. Okay. Who I don't know. Uh, Bantamweight. Kang. Jung Ho. Yeah, that gets a bit sketchy there. Korean. Like that, that card. Uh, no, those two main events. <clears throat> yep. I mean, seeing like light heavyweight title fight, and then seeing. Valentina Shevchenko fight live. I mean, Valentina is just, she's probably my favorite female fighter. She is the most ruthless fighter I've ever seen. You know, like, they all have their styles. Like, Rose is slick. Yeah. Right? You know, Amanda Nunes has got tons of power. Good, good everywhere, but power is her thing. Shevchenko is just, like, brutal. Like, you just, she's at a efficient like martial arts killing machine yeah. right like she's almost like a robot <laughs> she, she's like a real life version of like black widow from the marvel universe totally. or something like that yeah. yeah and she's like into shooting guns and she's just like <laughs> she's such a badass yeah you know what i mean and then turning out to be one of the greatest of this generation one of the greatest female fighters of all time yeah seeing her fight live would be absolutely amazing uh, yeah, so we'll definitely go to that, even though it's... You want to go? Yeah, I'll go. 6 a.m.? 6 a.m. You start drinking at 5.30? 5.30. <laughs> I wonder if they've got beer in the stadium at that time and stuff like that. It's going to be... Get right. I tell, they I, should, because now the restrictions are lesser. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know how the last one worked, because it was closed. I don't know if people were drinking or not. But the UFC, I'm sure that they'll... I don't know about the one, but I know they had the Rugby Sevens there, and there you could drink, but you couldn't drink in your seat. Yeah, I saw people going outside and, yeah. and having stuff. So I, I don't know, whatever. We so just, basically, you got to pregame at five thirty. Get get up, <laughs> get up, like big, you know, big fry up breakfast sort of thing, and whisk Irish coffees, and just get going from there. I would say maybe we should go somewhere first, but I think what's going to be open at five a.m. <laughs> like, and selling booze. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe we can't even drink. That'd be a bummer. I, there'll be a way around it yeah yeah, yeah there's a way around it. there's always a way around it. i always remember uh one time there was um the world when the world cup was in japan and south korea the football world cup so in england the times were terrible and uh, england got through to the quarterfinals and we played brazil and it was on like first thing in the morning so i was at university <clears throat> me and all my mates get up we're watching the match on the beers england get knocked out so by about like 10 o'clock in the morning i'm pissed and miserable and like 
I don't know what to do with my day now. Yeah. Being hungover, like, when you drink that late is not fun. Because you sleep away a lot of the pain. Yeah. Right? Here, here's one thing that's interesting about Singapore, too, I find, is that, first of all, I'm very critical of the fact that the Singapore government is like, oh, you can't drink past 1030. Right? But then I realized. No, that's after, come. After, no, I know it's gone yeah. now, but that was, the, that was the situation for the last couple of years. And then I've realized since they brought drinking back that I hadn't really been hungover in three years because I'm not drinking late. Yeah. For me, the thing that makes me hungover is lack of water and drinking late, like drinking until I go to sleep. Cause then I wake up and I'm still like drunk or slash hungover. Or if I'm drunk when I wake up, then the hangover kicks in. Yeah. But if I stop at like 10 and I have a few hours before bed and I have some water, I wake up like, even if I'm drinking a decent amount, I'm still feeling fine. Yeah. You know about it. But then I was like, I know, like for example, going out with Major last night, I woke up this morning and I was like, oh man, I haven't felt like this in a long time. And it's because of that. So there's actually, a, I guess, a net, some positive form of the fact that the government's like, nah, you're not allowed to drink. You have a bedtime. You have a curfew. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, well, you know, COVID, I'm going to do my thing. Yeah. And then now I'm like, oh yeah, drinking until two is brutal. <laughs> like, it's yeah, I don't brutal. think I can do that anymore. I'm too old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The hangover is starting to affect me more too. They didn't used to. That happens. Yeah, it's yeah. right here. It's yeah, right here. it's coming. Old age is coming. I got gray hair in my beard. We're on a slippery slope to, to death here. <laughs> got move, move from fighting to judging. Oh, that's a sign. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not the guy in the cage anymore. I'm the guy outside the cage with a pen and paper. <laughs> that's how you know you're getting old. <laughs> that's yeah. That's one of the first things to go. But um, oh. we we didn't well briefly um the because you were away and I was dying um <laughs> the last big UFC card. Do you watch that while you're in the States? I watched Vol- everything. Volkanovski. Oh, oh so yeah. Good. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot about it. First of all, just beat down. Like, so slick. He looks so slick. Yeah. Unbelievable. His he's got better. His hands So oh. much better. I mean, he's one of the most dominant fighters. Him and Usman. Yeah. Right? Who, who else would it be? It's him and Usman. Yeah. Number one, number two, pound for pound. You might even put Volk ahead of Usman. I mean, he's, what, 21 in a row? Who's got a longer win streak, Volker or Usman? I'm quite curious. Because, uh, I mean, you, ha- you have to start asking the question, is Volkanovski the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world? I think he's straight. Wait, what a fucking legend. What a fun guy. Man, I watched his uh, post. I think I mentioned it on the podcast. I watched his post-fight press conference after he fought Brian Ortega. Yeah. And he just comes across as the nicest dude of all time. He's so funny. He's like, he's doing shoeies, he's drinking, he's laughing, he's, he's kind of talking shit in a playful way. He, he's like, talked about being in the guillotine and he literally goes like, oh, that was end of my fucking title reign deep. And yeah. he's laughing about it while pounding a beer and it was just so fun, he was so entertaining. But did you see as well in the zombie fight at the start, was it the third round he, th- he took him out? Because... Mm. Fourth. So I think it was the fourth round. Yeah, so the end of the third, like but people, it was looking rough. Yeah, people then, were saying, Is zombie gonna come out of the corner? And I think it was her Dean refereeing, her Dean was like, If if he starts hitting you, I'm gonna stop this fight because mm-hmm. it's not competitive. Volkanovsky at the starting round, this is how nice a guy he is, says to Zombie, Are you alright? Yeah. Like literally like, Are you sure you can do this? And Zombie says, Yeah. Then when he clips him and he goes back, he goes, Sorry. <laughs> Classic. Classic <laughs> like he didn't want to do it. He's becoming one of my favourite fighters. Yeah. It, he's such an well, animal, too. The only reason people dislike him is he beat Max Holloway twice. I know. Who's another? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, I think that's probably the most recent case of... This happens a lot in sports, right? Where the you, ha, you have a fight or a, a game or a match or, or whatever the case may be, and you, it's just like you don't want either one to lose 
because yeah. they're both so fun. Yeah. Every now and again, you'll get those. Most of the time, you have your guy, you're kind of low-key cheering for whoever. But that was one of those ones where it was just like, ah, especially the last one because it was so close. Yeah, so close. So uh, he, he's on winning, oh, one. Oh, crap. It's my uh, yeah, so Holloway, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you can start to have conversation. The only thing that's different for Usman and Volkanovski is the second Max Holloway fight. That's what I think still puts Usman at number one uh, in the pound for pound. 21 fight win streak. By yeah, that's what I thought it was. Yeah. That's what I thought. What about Usman? Just going to check. No. He lost once as a, in his early pro days by Rene Kachok. But Volkanovski lost. But I think Volkanovski lost like welterweight, didn't he? Oh, I didn't say. Was it Volkanovski's lost at welterweight? Not sure. I'm pretty sure it was. It wasn't a featherweight. So he got counted. Yeah. <laughs> No, you don't have to count. I mean, just gen- okay. Yeah, I guess since you're already on it. Four. Let's see who's got better numbers. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Oh, shit. No, I've lost count. They're both pretty. 18, 19, 20. I think both on 21. Oh, I think. Interesting. So on five win streaks. Jesus, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Wonder who's going to go down first. Who do you think loses <coughs> first, Usman or Volkanovski? So uh, Volkanovski is probably going to get Holloway next, mm. and I still think Holloway. What about will. Usman and and uh, Hamzat? Are they going to give you Hamzat yet? No. Oh yeah. Yeah. You yeah, think they're going to? Yeah. He's he's such a hot prospect. Like he's he just beat the number two guy. Yeah. No. True. They could give him Colby first, but who's Usman got? I mean, Usman's not scared. No, to Usman's play not fighting. But Leon Colby Edwards. Again. He's got Leon Edwards. Yeah. Oh, because did you see? I keep forgetting about Leon. Yeah, everyone keeps forgetting about Leon. It's even me. It's It's almost a meme of this podcast at this point. It's literally us multiple times being like, oh, yeah, Leon Edwards. Yeah, Leon Edwards. Poor guy. Um, They were saying that Edwards was offered money to not fight. They were literally like, "We'll this pay, is the we'll most pay Leon you." Edwards but yeah, move of all time. <laughs> like, well, this sounds very Leon Edwards, but it turned out uh, Edwards said no. That that's not true at all. Like, oh, oh really? Yeah, I wouldn't book oh, a okay. fight. I did see that. I wonder. I didn't know if it was true or not. No. Oh, so um, <clears throat> yeah, it'll be uh, interesting to see who wins that one. But uh, the, the um, Peter and Aljamain Sterling as well. We've not spoke about that. Oh yeah. Now Aljamain Sterling won that fight under one scoring criteria. Problem was, it was under UFC rules, so then I'm half and half. Who did you have winning? Jan? Uh, I had it two for two, and then thinking about who won the first round. That's the round, right? Yeah. And it was so even in that first round. It could go either way. I think Sterling deserved to win the fight, because one of the rounds, I think it was the second round, he could have got a 10-8 there. It was so dominant once he yeah. got to the floor. Yeah, he was. he had the more dominant rounds. Yeah. Right, and oftentimes when the fights are really even like that, that's a fair question to ask. It's like it's so close, but who was more but, dominant yeah. when they were dominant? Yeah, because that little pitter patter stuff on the feet in the first round. Yeah, you, you know, like no one landed it. much clean. It was just. But I need to rewatch the first round because yeah, that he, is the important round. I think I'm right in saying as well the cleanest strike of the first round. Sterling caught him flush with an elbow, and that was the oh yeah biggest biggest like hit of the first round. Yeah. So. It's fair that he gets the first round, even if he was slightly outstruck, which I think he was. But he got the biggest hit. Yeah. So yeah. So then it's. But the point is, it's not up to him. It's up to the judges. Yeah. Judges gave it to him. So you can throw away all (laughs) that, you know, Oscar shit. It's like getting the award for acting. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, and he was brutal. Wasn't his fault. That was the judges. He was still in that fight. Referee's decision. Yep. 
He came back. He did what he could. Yeah. Right? It's a tough fight, and the judges picked who they picked. I thought Jan won, but it was close enough that I'm not mad about it. Yeah. You know, when, when, if it's that close, it's just at a certain point it becomes subjective. Like, there's clear winning and losing, and then there's a point where it's, like, so close that, okay, either guy, I, I get it. Yeah, you know it's, I mean? it's not a robbery. Yeah, that's exactly. for sure. Yeah. And good for him. Like, he, he ate so much shit. He, like, he was the joke, the one of the biggest laugh. They're cheering for Peter Yawn in Florida. <laughs> yeah, in, fighting an American when Russia's at war. <laughs> I know! Like, where's the, what is wrong with the world right now? <laughs> like, even your own team, you don't cheer for because of that stuff. It's just crazy to me that, that they didn't cheer for, for Aljamain. It's not his fault. Like, it's not his fault, clearly. But anyway, that, that blew my mind. But people, but also, Piotr Jan is a beast. Yeah. People like watching him fight. I don't give a shit if he's Russian or if he's whatever. But it just kind of blew my mind that they would cheer, cheer for the Russian over the American in America. But that's how bad his reputation was after that fight. Yeah. After the fact happened. that he's able to come back and then erase that, at least to some extent, is amazing. And him versus TJ will be an interesting fight. Yeah, be good to see. And hopefully, um, oh. Triple C's calling him out. Who do I mean? Sorry? Oh, God, his name's going on. I heard that. The retire guy, beat DJ. Olympic medalist. Cejudo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his name just went out, man. I could see his face and everything. But he's saying he wants back in and he wants that fight. So he we'll wants see. Volkanovski, I thought. Oh, does he? I I, no, I saw, I I'm sure I saw today. I think he wants the three, the three belts. Ah, okay. So, so does Connor. So but Connor's quadru- not getting it. Quadruple C? Yeah, quadruple C. Is there an easier way to like a more marketing, more market, a way to say it with more marketability than quadruple C? <laughs> what if he wins? That would be crazy. Then he's undisputed best of all time. Yeah, great, greatest ever. Yeah. Um, if he Mike. wins four, three championships and Olympic gold medal, yep. John Dumb. Jones, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, right. Honestly, like that's just ridiculous. Especially if he beats Volkanovski, the guy that we're just talking about, possibly being the number one power. Oh, yeah. I don't understand why the UFC doesn't invest more in Henry Cejudo. It's bizarre because Dana's like, well, he can't just come back in and get a title for Why not? Like, Why? <laughs> Why not? Who deserves it more you than him? Color. Who deserves it more than him? Yep. I mean, I get he's not the most marketable human, but is the Korean zombie? Oh, like, I feel funny. like Henry Cejudo brings more eyes than Korean zombie. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's I feel funny. like he brings equal eyes as Max Hall or anybody else you could stick in there. Yeah. Like, he's not the most, he's not Connor, but. He's certainly got enough of a name to, to be in there with any of these other title contenders. Yeah. So it's kind but of he is, he is quite funny as well. Was it, he was him that was saying he was going to be the intergender champion and fight Shevchenkov as a joke. Oh, yeah. He's definitely a little cringe. Yeah. And he's king, king of cringe. Yeah. And he leaned into it. Yep. Go for it. coaching people. Yeah. And he's like, other than zombies. Zombie didn't have a good result from, from the coaching, but everybody else did. Figueredo did. John Jones has been with him. He's like making a real name for himself as a coach. Um, so yeah, please, Henry Cejudo versus Volkanovski. Let's I'm do going, it. I'm going. If he beats Holloway, let's yep. do it. Because if Holloway wins, I don't know how long we're going to go back and forth between oh, Holloway. They they could end up fighting each other five times. Yeah, this is crazy. Yeah, if Holloway wins, yeah, I mean Volk's so dominant, he probably deserves a rematch. Yeah, you've then. got to give him a, re- a rematch with Holloway. So yeah, that'd be that. Then put it yeah the fourth fight. And yeah. then and then what happens? Like Volkanovski wins that, and Holloway's like, "Yo, rematch!" Yeah, yeah exactly, uh, exactly. <laughs> Fifth times a charm. And, and he, it's gonna go forever. It's gonna be like uh, Pacquiao and um, uh, Juan Manuel Marquez. I think they fought five or six times. Yeah, 
Um, and what else was on that card that, that UFC when I was overseas? Because the whole event was pretty good. I remember like watching it. Oh, Mackenzie Dern, one. I think she was the... Yeah, Mackenzie Dern was on uh, Burns. Uh, oh, and Gilbert Burns and Hamzat. Yeah. We didn't talk about that one. That was a fight. Yeah, that was that a fight. That was a fight. That was one of the best fights. It was so good to see Hamzat tested. Yeah. And but did you he's see... He's been so dominant. or He's just been crushing everyone. Yeah. With fighters like that who have been so dominant, like, you know, you've seen in the past, they've then come into the first proper test in the fight like that and just lost and then... That's it, they don't. Like, they just got a skid from there. It's happened to numerous fighters in the past. So he did, like, he survived. He survived his first war, as it were. Like, we know now he has got a chin, and we know now he has yeah. got a spirit, and he's not just, you know, knocking over tin cans. And he was pressuring late, too. Like, even yeah. though he got dropped, he got dropped hard. Gilbert Burns just put a lot of people out with that overhand right. Yeah. And he caught Hamzat clean, right on the chin. Hamzat goes down. I mean, but he was able to come back. The third round was a war. The whole fight, fight was amazing. And then you start to see, but also remember, Gilbert Burns dropped Usman. Mm. Like Gilbert Burns is the only person who's hurt Usman in his entire UFC career. But did you see um, his corner going mental at him? Going Who? like, what? Hamza? Yeah, Hamza corner yeah. going like, what the hell are you doing? You yeah. not, do not brawl with him. Like, you're yeah. a better fighter than this. Yeah. And he just, I mean, that's where you could see him coming undone against Usman, that he did not listen to his corner and went out and decided to brawl. The question I think is, is yeah, I think it's a really interesting question to ask, is Hamzat ready for Usman? Because Gilbert Burns is, one, obviously he's ranked number two, he's one of the best in the world. But we saw what Usman did to Gilbert Burns. And if you're playing the MMA math game, which is a, a pointless game to play, but we'll do it anyway, because uh, what else are we doing? Yeah. I mean, this entire podcast based around MMA math, so it's not that pointless. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> this whole podcast is just MMA math speculation, basically. And then, so, if you... Leon Edwards, I feel like, is he's, get, he's, he's got, got a good title. Yeah. yeah, the UFC can't, can't. Unless he gets hurt, maybe they can slide Hamza in there. But the question is, if you give Hamza... Do you give him one more fight, or do you put him in there immediately? See, I think put him in against Covington. Yeah. Oh, for, yeah. And then whoever wins that. Because Covington is as close to Usman as it gets. Yeah. Yeah. And Both then, those fights were wars. Yeah. And then whoever wins that gets the next John the, the belt. clear number one. Yeah, contender. clear. Instead of... Like, yeah, he beat Gilbert Burns, but it was a close fight. And, like, if you'd have gone out and starched Burns in round one, then, yeah, straight title shot. Sorry, Leon Edwards. But yeah. <laughs> I'm really so But he didn't, so it was a long fight. So, yeah, put him in against Covington. See where he does and go from there. Yeah, yeah. I agree. That's a good move. Because Colby's obviously the, the second best in the world by, by a long shot. And I feel, he keeps calling him a cum shot too, man. I feel like I feel like Hamza might – I don't know. But here's another question. Like Hamza seems like a prideful guy. He seems like a dude who's prone to fucking just trying to wreck people if they talk shit. If Colby Covington goes full Colby Covington on Hamza. Which he will. Which he will, yeah. <laughs> of course. Of course. Because he does it to literally everybody. Charmaine loves it. She loves Colby Covington. Yeah. Just because he's so, he's so he's much brilliant. drama and nonsense. I love him too. Um, but if you do that, does Hamza, does he pull like a Jose Aldo? And bite on, on Con Conor McGregor's stuff? Yeah. Because first of all, Hamza's cardio looked good. Yeah. Gilbert Burns, but Colby's cardio Colby's got, is legendary. It, as well, it's not going to be a three-rounder. It's going to be a main event. Yeah. Five rounds. Yeah. And Colby Covington's cardio is legendary. And if he can get Hamza nice mad call. and get him fighting like <clears throat> fighting like he's mad, yep. he might catch him. You know, or he might beat him down late. Like, yeah. 
But we'll see. Hamza is the truth, but we'll see if there's any hiccups along the way. And you still got the, the Mac Daddy standing at the top of that division. So everybody's got to go through Usman. And oh, so far, nobody's even times. gotten close except for Colby. Yeah, no one's even. Yeah, looked like. Well, Burns caught him that time, but then got dealt with. And, and then beat him down the next round or whatever. Dropped him in a jab. Yep. So, all right. We covered that. What was the last name? Um, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. <laughs> Iron Mike Tyson. Mike. Iron Mike. Street fighting again. What happened, Mike? Oh, you were dealing with the most annoying human being in the world? Slap that dude, man. Yeah. So I, I, I am firmly of the opinion the guy got what was coming to him. I don't condone violence, but sometimes if somebody pushes you, I can relate to the feeling of wanting to, to snap and slap somebody. Can, can we find a version of this that can we can show without getting pulled? Yeah, just trying to find it now. Maybe Instagram. So if you haven't seen this, I'm sure you've seen it. Everybody in the world has seen it. Mike Tyson was on a JetBlue uh, flight in the U.S., and some guy was like, they're filming a TikTok video, I guess, right? His friend is across the aisle filming this dude who keeps, like, poking Mike Tyson, keeps talking to him, hey, Mike, this, this. The guy looks drunk, and he looks like one of the, he just looks like such a, uh, uh, pardon my language here, he looks like such a fuckboy, right? He's just got that face. <laughs> he looks so annoying. He looks so annoying. He just looks like this drunk frat boy. He's, he's should be respectful to the legend that is Mike Tyson, right? And he's just the entire interaction. Yeah, okay, so Jake's got it here. Let's see if we can take a look at this. This is the news here. He obtained cell phone uh, video. That I mean, look at his body language. Look at what he's doing. You see Tyson's just like, yeah, fuck off, mate. And so there's a cut there, too. The more time went by. He's yelling at him over the back of the seat. Oh, oh and there, there it is. Mike snaps, starts slapping him, maybe punches him. Hard to say. Yeah. Listen, I don't care who you are. If you play with fire, you're going to get burnt. If you poke the bear, yep. you're going to have to deal with the consequences. Fuck around, find out, I believe the saying goes. Yeah, exactly. And Mike Tyson has spent a lot of time and a lot of work trying to better himself and trying to not have those reactions. I'm very certain that he's conflicted about what he did. Yeah. But at a certain point, but like, you can't... You air just snap. Yeah. At a certain point, you just snap. But as well, air travel. Like, no matter what, no matter if you like flying business class and stuff like that, like it's a pain in the ass no matter what. You've got to go through security. You've got to queue at the airport. You've got to be early. You've got to make sure you've got your taxi and stuff like that. So you're already, he's like anyone on a plane's already in a stressful situation. Very on edge. Yeah, already like annoyed. You don't know what's happened. You don't know if like Tyson's made it to the airport with like two minutes to spare and had to rush through everything. Maybe like, he just got bad news from his whatever. Yeah. Some, it could be anything. Yeah, and then some idiot is like mouthing off behind you. You've probably politely asked him to stop a few times, so on and so forth. And then you think, wait a minute, I used to be the baddest man on the planet. I know how to fix this. <laughs> yeah. And also, apparently, uh, Mike warned him several times, like, dude, chill out. Like, stop. Just yep. leave me alone. Leave me alone. And at a certain point, if somebody keeps saying, leave me alone, leave me alone, leave me alone, and you keep doing stuff, these things will happen to you because everybody has the breaking point and sometimes you have a good day and the breaking point is really, the threshold for it is really low. Other days you're stressed and the breaking point is very narrow and then you just need yep. the right thing, the wrong time, whatever, and then you're going to snap like that. Yeah. But, I mean, you, you got to respect that guy. What are you, what are you doing? 
Like, you know what he's trying to do? Exactly what he did. Get yeah. on the news, get on all the social media, get on all that stuff. Everybody knows this guy's face for like a brief moment in time. Has he, has he come out and said anything yet? I'm not saying anything. I'm sure he has social media and stuff like that, but because it looks like that's what they were doing. Yeah. I was trying to film a TikTok video or some stupid video because they're like, Mike Tyson. But he's, oh, it's the same thing as like, you see these videos of like idiots walking up to wild animals and stuff like that. Yeah, he's one and of those then, guys. Yeah, and then this like, you get, guy oh, will... I'm going to poke this moose in its eye. It'll be funny. Oh, fucking moose has flattened me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What? Uh, why did that happen? This is what everybody needs to remember. We are animals. Human beings are animals. We have animal biology. We have animal DNA. You corner a cat. You do something, you poke something, any animal over and over and over again, it's going to snap at you. This is just the way that we're built. So you need to treat the people in your life like they are animals. And if you piss off a wild animal, it will attack you. And the baddest wild animal of all time is not the animal to poke, to yeah. pick on. So I don't condone, condone violence in any way, in almost any situation, other than unless it's mutually agreed upon. That's where I draw a firm line. But when you see stuff like that, you have to, A, even if somebody annoys you, you shouldn't slap the shit out of them. But B, everybody has a limit. And if you push that too far, you're going to have to deal with consequences. So, plus that guy looked like a huge douchebag. <laughs> plus that guy does look a complete dick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, man. Dude, did we cover everything? Is that I think so. Else? Yep. There's a UFC, but I didn't watch it. <laughs> Yeah. So I can't talk about it. Oh, you said about the knee bar. Yeah, there's a few interesting. Uh, there's a knee. The guy did a knee bar that I like to do a lot from the half guard because I'm a half guard dude, and he uh, just it's his third knee bar in the UFC. Maybe you can pull him up. Clay Guida fought him. So if you uh, go through the hyperlink trail, Google Clay Guida, you can you can find him. But three knee, knee bars a tough submission to hit in MMA, right? Because you need to use two hands to do it, and when you use two hands to the leg, you leave your face occupied. But he goes to it so quick, the off balance is so strong, that he was able to rotate through and, and grab mm -hmm. the heel straight away. He does like the half guard knee shield version, where you know, like you're in the half guard, you have the knee shield going yeah. across the chest, and then you thread the knee shield all the way across to the leg, and then you roll through, and then you can go to the cross hash you from there, or you can go to the knee bar. Beautiful, beautiful knee bar. But I, I think on the broadcast, they said it's like his third in the UFC. I mean, this guy's got a knee bar. Yeah, that's a, that's quite a weapon. And uh, on that note, we also didn't talk about Alexi Olenek. Did you see his? Did you see his scarfold submission? No. Oh yeah, Alexi the bear. Again. Oh yes, yes, I did. Yeah. And then the dude afterwards was just like, "How did that happen?" He yeah. was like, "I just did this." Yeah, yeah. Know? He puts him in the scarfold from the side control and then drops the ribs on the chest. And I, I had it done to me before. If you get somebody that's good at it, it's really weird because what happens is it just completely compresses your diaphragm mm. so it doesn't choke you but you can't inhale yeah so you're like <laughs> you can't get anything and then at a certain point the panic sets in because after a few times you can't yeah, breathe you're like oh, fuck, i'm dying i'm dying i'm dying and then you start tapping out and uh he's got ezekiel's and these yeah. scar folds yeah. and all these awkward but, submissions i wonder if other guys are gonna start to play with some of these but um in the interview afterwards, because he, he did you see it backstage? Then the guy was like, "What did you do to yeah, him?" Yeah, so I saw he shows the video. It, and then they said to him, "I think he showed him the Ezekiel, though." Yeah, it might have been in that video, but yeah, yeah, it was the same guy he beat. <clears throat> and he said to him, "Like, well, aren't you worried that you're gonna like give your secrets away by showing people how you get them and stuff like that?" He's like, "No, because I've done this like ten thousand times, yeah, and they'll have done it once. I can do it. Like, they can't. Yeah, yeah reps is the only way. Yeah, 
and he puts a lot of reps into funky moves. And then because they're esoteric moves, the defenses are not as sharp as they would be for more traditional moves. Yeah. Like arm bars, triangles, rear naked chokes, whatever the case may be. Same thing with his knee bar. Like, there's not a lot of knee bar UFC. I, I can think of a few, like Brock Lesnar and Frank Mir. Yeah, that's the one that comes to mind. Mackenzie Dern had that had that nasty one, had that nasty knee bar. And that's it? Is that it? Right off the top of my head, that's what I'm thinking. And then this guy apparently has three. Damn. So, uh, yeah, and then uh, did you see Jessica Andrade's standing re- uh, arm triangle? That was the other I thing. It's on, it's on Instagram and stuff like that. Standing arm triangle. So, like, she's she's holding yeah. her in the arm triangle and squeezing her and rotating her on the cage. And all of a sudden, she just lets her go and boop! <laughs> out. Drops like a sack of potatoes. The referee comes in, stops it. She just falls to the ground. Like, oof. That's Anytime, like John Jones did that when he fought Machida, anytime you choke somebody out on their feet and they're unconscious, when you release, it's just brutal. It's like a dead body falling to the ground. Yeah. Like there's, there's no effort to break fall. There's no effort. The hands aren't going out. So you're just seeing like a corpse. Yeah, just go Because on the ground, when you normally submit somebody, they're laying down already. So, you, you know, the head goes back. But when you drop somebody on the feet with a choke and then you see the body collapse, it's like particularly brutal and gruesome to see, right? Yeah, especially... I've seen it. Um, it's, it's never that bad when you're in like um, an academy or anything like that because they're landing on the nice soft mats and things. Yeah, and people really will put you down gently. And yeah, they're not just going to drop <laughs> like, you like you're yesterday's dumb. trash. Like John Jones, when he choked out Machida when he let him go, he was just like, "I'm out," boom, with authority. You know what I mean? And uh, so that was a good one. The knee bar was a good one, and the there was another pretty good fight. It was slipping my mind. Um, uh, my Sparber, was it that one? Barber, yeah, but there's another one. Benata. Who? I don't know, I'm trying to say it now. Lando Benata. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was that was a good one. Charles we, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, I finished him, yeah. Jordan Wright, Marc-Andre, Barrialt, not sure how you say that one. So, yeah, no, but I didn't see any of them. So. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the best UFC card of yeah. all time, but a couple, couple of interesting finishes there. The standing uh, arm triangle being the most interesting, and the, the knee bar. Let me start uh, teaching that knee bar. I used to do it, but I, you know how you get these moves? Like, especially for me, I've been doing jiu-jitsu for 15, 17 years. So, like, there's just moves that I used to do all the time that I, like, don't do anymore. Yeah. I kind of forgot about. This is one of them. Because it's a nice entry into the leg entanglements from the half guard, which is the position I play all the time. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that move exists. Oh, I, need to, I need to dust that one off. I haven't used it in a while. All right, man. Well, should we wrap it up here? Yep. All good. I would number are we on we don't know uh, I guessed uh, I not, think he, he, he's 67 67 because the last one doesn't count because okay. that was live uh, carnage David Wee wants to come on episode 69 he's specifically I'm looking forward to that one he's specifically requested <laughs> episode 69 in uh, more times than I'm comfortable with <laughs> actually <laughs> I saw him at the, uh, we had this guy Sill who was competing at the wrestling competition uh, the national team trials or whatever and I saw David there, and he just, you know, David's a judo guy, and he's a jiu-jitsu black belt. He's also a judge uh, at one. Really nice guy. And a teacher as well, so like like me and you. And uh, he just kept, like, destroying everybody at, at this wrestling competition. And then he reminded me again that I told him he could be on episode 69. So like, I think it. two, two more to go. Okay, so we'll do next week's, and then the following one, I'll, I'll contact David. So, oh, that'll be a good one, because that's uh, Gaethje Oliveira. Ooh, juicy. Juicy. There's so many good fights coming up. There's so many good fights, dude. The world is awesome. Again, I'm starting to feel it. I'm starting to get the juice. I'm starting to get the vibes. 
Mother Nature flowing through me a little bit. Uh, all right, man. So I guess this is episode 67. We'll call it that in any case just for David so that way he can get 69 by us. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, all right, everybody. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. Please like, subscribe. You can follow me on social media. Uh, you can follow Jake even though he doesn't ever post Don't anything. do anything. And uh, we will be back next week for what event? Is there an event next weekend? There is uh, Rob Font fight, I think. Rob Font. Is it like a fight night or something like that? Yeah, fight night. Okay. Otherwise, uh, we'll be back just to talk our typical nonsense. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the podcast. We appreciate you so much. You guys have a good day. Thank you. Oh, wrong camera. There we go.